OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode. We are in part two of our interview with Dr. Caitlin Sorrentino, pre-OT advisor and professor over at Dominican College in New York. So we just wanted to continue this conversation because Dominican College is a great program and they're doing so many things. And I want to just share with you guys what is going on over there, especially if you're looking for programs in the Northeast area. So Dr. Caitlin Sorrentino, welcome again. And (laughs) let's just, I guess, dive into it. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about the prerequisites. And I know that there's something a little bit unique about the way that you do prerequisites. So could you tell us a little bit about the prerequisites that Dominican College requires? Yeah. So the couple that we require is oral communications or public speaking, which we now Previously, it had to be in person, but we do require it or allow it to be done virtually as long as there is a live portion of it and not just completely asynchronous. We have intro to statistics, neuroscience, physics that does not require a lab, general psychology, lifespan human development, abnormal psych and intro or sorry, not abnormal psych, intro to sociology and AMP one and two. And what I want to highlight about AMP 1 and 2 is that it needs to have been completed within five years and earned a B minus or higher. But if you earn the B minus or higher and it's older than five years, we do allow you to test out of it. And if you take the test and you pass it, we will honor those credits and you do not need to retake AMP 1 and 2. The way our program is run, it's a weekend program. So we do get a lot of students who have a previous career or their quotas, and they are coming back to school for the first time in a long time. So sometimes those AMP ones and twos are older, but if you're able to test out of it, that saves you, you know, those two prereqs that you would need to take otherwise. And because the way AMP one and two are run, you pretty much need a whole year to take those classes, which if you can kind of surpass that, that's awesome. It is awesome. Guys, take note of that. So a little bit about myself. When I was a preoccupational therapy student, I already had my bachelor's in sociology and I needed to take prerequisites to get into the school that I wanted to get into. And I had to pay for those out of pocket. And so, you know, I was basically taking a, at one point too, I remember a full course load, 12 credits Mm -hmm. of prerequisites, and I had to pay for those. And so not having to take two classes is huge because it's going to save you money. And, you know, 
I just want to add this part too. I just, I think that that also is not just amazing from a financial perspective, but there's another Instagrammer that I've been, you know, connecting with and we did a podcast together too. I suggest that you go back to the podcast guys, if you're listening in with Michelle De Jesus, and she is a part of COTAD. And we were talking about some of the ways that universities can increase diversity within their programs. And one of the, you know, we were talking about like, yeah, you know, there are certain prerequisites even really maybe needed, like, do they have to really retake them? And the fact that you allow them to just show, I am still knowledgeable, do I really need to take this, really also helps students of color because they could still have the knowledge there, especially if they took it already and they got an A, B, B minus, and they still just have that knowledge and they just show prove it to you guys. Guess what? That just creates a little bit more of an accessibility And so from that standpoint, like, I think that that's great. So that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I also, I just wanted to say too, unlike some other schools, we don't require that the prerequisites are taken here at Dominican College. So any of those classes that I just listed can be taken um, anywhere. If you're in the process of it and you want to confirm with us that what you're taking, you know, at one college would transfer into our class or our college as that specific credit, you're more than welcome to do that. But, you know, you can definitely take them at community colleges and things like that. Once you're accepted into the program, you'll have to take intro to OT and kinesiology. And those are listed as prerequisites technically, but you're taking those once you've been admitted to our program and those have to be taken here, but all the other ones can be taken anywhere else. Let me ask you something. I want to address something right now and just kind of like piggyback here on the conversation. So would you, as somebody that works in advising pre-OTs, would you say that taking AMP at a community college looks bad on the application versus had they taken it at a four-year university or at Dominican itself, would you say that that actually goes against the student? Definitely not, not for us at least. We kind of just look at what the grades are and we look at the GPA and honestly, we look at a lot more than just a GPA. So I don't even want to, you know, we have our, you know, you need to get a B minus or higher in all your sciences and things of that nature. But we look at a lot of different pieces. So we never really look at where they got their classes from as long as it's somewhere that we transfer credits in from. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, I've, my thought process is that it, you know, it shouldn't matter. I can't foresee really in the world of occupational therapy, we, you know, like we pride ourselves on being holistic and we want to take a look at the whole application. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to look at it from an academic standpoint, I can't even really foresee a university too saying, well, this student took it at a community college. They must've not really learned as much because it's Mm -hmm. like it, Anatomy is anatomy and, you know, the content, you know, the course description should, as long as it meets it, then you're learning what the program wants you to learn, you know? Yeah, exactly. um, We've never, you know, we're, we're still working through our application phase here uh, because we we did some rolling admissions this year. I could tell you this entire application phase, we have never said, well, where did they take that AMP one and two, or where did they take that physics? We've never looked at it. So, <laughs> and what is rolling admissions? Maybe there's students that are not familiar with that term, and we can describe that a little bit on this episode. What exactly is that? 
Yeah. So what we did was, yeah, it's, it's not all schools do it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of students don't know what it is. So I think that's a great question. What we do is once you've applied through OTCAS, we kind of take that application and we look at it and we start doing interviews at that time period. So instead of having a, a hard end date of, you know, December 31st and interviews are in, in, you know, January and acceptances in February or something like that, where it's all these hard dates, you're just rolling. So the sooner you get your application in, the quicker you're going to get that interview and you get that possible acceptance. Until the class is fold, I imagine. Yes. Until okay. we reach our cap. Yep. Got it. Got it. So basically speed wins, guys, if your program, if the programs you're looking into is rolling, keep that in mind. And thank you so much for that information, Dr. Sorrentino. And so for the students here listening in that are looking for a university in the Northeast or just wanting to go to the Northeast, what makes Dominican College's OT program different from other OT programs? Yeah, so I think our big highlight is the way the program is run. The OT program itself is a weekend program. We run every other to every third weekend. So you'll have assignments and you'll have projects and all that and tests to study for during the week. But your presence is only required on those specific instructional weekends. We run Friday night, so 5.30 to about 8.30. Saturday, 8.30 to 6 o'clock. And Sunday, 8.30 to 3.30. And that's your weekend. And then you wouldn't come back to campus till maybe a weekend or two weekends, kind of depending on holidays and things of that nature, which is great because it allows students who are working to continue working while they're in the program. You don't need to be on campus on every Monday afternoon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday in the morning or anything like that. You just need to be there on the weekend. So it really supports our students who are still working, supporting students who have families and things of that nature. We run about six weekends per trimester with the possibility of a seventh weekend if we need to, if there's snow days or, or something like that that kind of comes up, we kind of save a, a weekend if we need one. We also have a couple different pathways. So we have students who attend Dominican College undergrad. They can major in health science or social science, and then they can apply to our graduate OT program while they're here. Health science is about a four-year program, and they would apply their fall of their senior year. But social sciences has two different tracks. They can do a three-year track where they apply the fall of their junior year and they actually start taking graduate classes their senior year. But if that's something you're not interested in, our social science also has a four-year track again where you would kind of finish up and then you would start after you completed those four years here. We also have a bachelor's to a master's program where you maybe have a bachelor's in something else. And that's, again, where you would apply to the college. We would look at those prerequisites that you have or that you need to take. We would help you in that piece. And then you would work your way through the program and you would graduate with your master's. We also have students who are CODAs. Now, that's the only associate's degree that we would accept. If you're a true CODA with an associate's, um, some CODAs do have bachelor's, so it you know, can go either way. But we have a CODA program where you have to take some more additional prerequisites. But if you've been working as a CODA for a year, you get 30 credits for that year's worth of experience, which helps you get all the credits needed to graduate. And then once you kind of finish those prerequisites and you are in our program, you'll be starting those graduate level classes. So we have a couple different pathways that you can That's take. That's really it is. cool. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the uh CODA to, and is it like a bridge program then essentially for CODAs? Yeah. So what happens is when you would apply to the college, you're going to be indicating that you have an associate's degree. We're going to look at what classes you have taken, what we're accepting and what you have left. And, and you're going to be taking more 
classes to kind of get those credits that you need to take, but we outline exactly what classes you need to take in order to get those credits and get those liberal arts and things like that, that are, that you probably don't have at this, at this point. Okay. And then they go straight from the associates then to a master's in occupational therapy. Yeah. So you graduate with your bachelor's and your master's at the same time. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you for explaining that. Because I get asked too from CODAs like, oh, you know, like what bridge programs are out there? And, Mm -hmm. you know, me being a current OTR, I'm still trying to learn a little bit more, so to speak, about what the different bridge programs that are out there and uh, maybe certain requirements that current CODAs should be doing moving up, so to speak, is something that they want, right? And they want to be an OTR. So I appreciate that info. I'm sure that any CODAs listening are very appreciative of that. And and now you guys know where to apply if you're a CODA. (laughs) Yeah. And that's nice thing too, as we don't require those prereqs to be taken here at the school, it allows you that flexibility, take them at your local community college. And because we run on the weekends, if you need to travel in, you have that opportunity to do so. Um, And again, we only run on the weekends. So you you can be where you need to be during the week and be present with us on the weekends. Got it. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much for that. And what would you say you see the current students that are in the OT programs, right? And that they are being really successful, right? They're getting the A's, maybe they're getting into leadership positions. What are those students doing that others are not, in your opinion. Why do you think that certain students are just really successful? What makes a successful student in an OT program? I think it's being proactive and being organized, looking at that syllabus beforehand and planning out the trimester we run on trimesters. So whether it's a trimester or semester, just planning that out so you can organize tests and assignments and prioritize what needs to be prioritized. I think that's really important. I think students who involve themselves within the OT community as well, like that join COTAD or join our SOTA, which is our Student Occupational Therapy Association here at Dominican. And students who use the resources that we have. Dominican College has an academic success center that supports our students. We also have a lot of support through the library where they can help with APA and research and things of that nature. So students who get that support that's already available to them is really, really helpful. We've also started, this is our second trimester now of a tutoring program that's done within our program itself. So students who, for example, just completed one class, if they want to, they're tutoring alongside the professor of the other class. So the professor kind of gives them the syllabus ahead of time, tells them those key points that they want to hit on. And they're meeting the students via Zoom maybe about once a week for a half an hour, 45 minutes to kind of hit on some of those important things that they should be studying for tests or how to, not how to do the paper, but, you know, how to organize themselves to do the paper and how the layout of the paper should be. So this is our second trimester with it and it's been really successful. We're very, very happy with it. That's awesome. When I was a preoccupational therapy student, I know that right now you're talking about more for the current students that are in OT school, but when I was a preoccupational therapy student, I was very nervous to take biology all over again. It was one of those prerequisites that I had failed and I never retook it. And I was just thinking to myself, what makes me think that I'm going to do well? Oh my goodness. How am I going to do this? And I 
was very successful the second time around, mainly because of how the biology program at my university where I took the prerequisite had it structured. So basically they had a supplemental tutoring that it was your choice to enroll, but it was still part of the class, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. And if you enrolled, then you get extra credit. So not only did you get you know, the tutoring that you need to do well in the class, but you also got extra credit just by being proactive and signing up for tutoring. Now, it was mandated that you needed to show up to these tutoring sessions. And so Mm -hmm. you really couldn't miss. There was a, you know, it was pretty much required. And if you couldn't make it, then, you know, you had to let the tutor know and then you, Mm -hmm. you arrange things. But I can tell you that It was the tutoring that made the difference between the first time I took my biology prerequisite and the second time that I took that biology prerequisite. And I'm so glad that the school pretty much forced me to be intentional about it. And but and it comes to show just the power of it. So, guys, even if you're not forced, just you have to do it for yourself. Like if you know that you're struggling with a class, like go seek the help. You know, uh, universities have resources for you guys. So Mm -hmm. that definitely is very key. And I just kind of speaking about resources, I want to kind of just actually touch upon something a little quick about what about resources and accommodations that students may need if they get admitted to the program. I've had, I've personally worked with students and they've told me things such as, you know, I had a concussion like two years ago. I just, I'm still working up on my endurance. I'm still just even still receiving like, you know, just vision therapy to work on tracking and things of that nature. How am I going to do this? I'm very nervous about taking all of these classes. And, you know, what I tell them is that they need to look into what accommodations, you know, the the program can give them. Can you talk a, a little bit about how Uh, maybe you can help a student like that or maybe a student that has uh, diagnosable documentation for ADHD and maybe needs certain things to be successful in the classroom. What does that look like? That's an amazing question. And thanks for asking that. I don't know how other colleges do it, but Mm -hmm. we definitely support students who need accommodations. And quite a few of our students have accommodations. And it usually comes out about in two different ways. One, we've had students who have had you know, are coming up through high school or through college now that had accommodations and they're able to kind of just, they're aware of it. So they transfer it in. And we have somebody here at the college who kind of reviews doctor's documentation and will inform us of the accommodations that the student benefits from. So sometimes it's time and a half on testing. Sometimes it's reporting lectures, things like that. Those are the most common that I think I have seen because our lectures Friday or our classes Friday night are done via Zoom. So some students are kind of recording that. Some students are recording in-class lectures and things of that nature. But time and a half on testing is a really common accommodation that I see. Yeah. And we also have students who have a diagnosis that kind of have modified their lifestyle or, or whatever it has, and they've made it through high school and they made it through undergrad. But now that they're in graduate program, they're having a tough time. So we have definitely recommended to students to go out and seek a doctor's support. And with that, they've gotten accommodations and their grades have improved significantly. 
So never be afraid to kind of investigate this a little bit further. (laughs) We've had students who are getting diagnosed with ADHD in their later 20s, early 30s that kind of have been able to adjust their lifestyle previously to work. But now that they're, they're kind of graduating or balancing work in a graduate program, it's starting to appear a little bit more so and inhibiting their ability to be successful. So they get these accommodations, which just supports them. That's all it is. It's just a support. And, you know, you can get accommodations in school. You can get accommodations in the workplace also. Yeah, I think that that is just essential for students to know. And Mm -hmm. it could even just be, yeah, like you were saying, extra time or maybe just more advanced notice, I'm guessing, of a certain assignment to give you a little bit more prolonged time to do the assignment and be able to turn it in on time. I had another student, for example, that she needs to modify her screen time. She cannot really be Mm -hmm. on a computer for a certain amount of time where she could possibly get a seizure. And so she needs that certain accommodations and the universities are very reasonable. It's not like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh my goodness, you know, like, well, you, you didn't make it to class on time because your endurance was low. <laughs> like, how could that yeah. happen? Or like, mm-hmm. and I, I know for me, even though I didn't have anything diagnosable per se to report, I know I benefited from recordings a lot. I don't, I know for a fact I would have not gotten the grades that I did, I would have not survived grad school, period, if it wasn't for recordings. (laughs) Yeah, That's what got me through 100%. -hmm. And so, I mean, I I don't know how all the, and I'm sure obviously it varies university to university, program to program, professor to professor. My professors were all just wonderful enough that they, they, we all had iPhones and smartphones and we just would hit that record button and they wouldn't say anything, you know, regardless if you had an accommodation or not, Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, at least that, that was me. I don't know how I can't speak for every university, but you know, (laughs) that was my experience. (laughs) We were, we were actually just talking and at orientation this summer, I'm going to have one of the students who is willing to come forward and talk about the accommodations that they had in the program and talk to the the students coming in, because we just want to support those students who need accommodations and there shouldn't be any stigma associated with it. Um, And oftentimes there is, but we want those students to feel supported and feel that they're not alone, that there's a lot of students who get accommodations. Thank you so much for that information. And my last question for Mm -hmm. you, I am just really wanting to know a little bit more about, I guess you could say the financial aspect of schooling, right? And dig a little bit into that. I am huge on just financial planning and helping students come up with a financial plan for them to cover certain costs and just create something for themselves that can really reduce the cost of school for them. And there's obviously you can get scholarships. So I don't know if you can touch upon maybe any scholarships that the university offers or any type of funding or how that works. Yeah. So there aren't any particular scholarships that we offer, but what we have is Blackboard. We have a faculty student forum and anytime there's a scholarship that comes up on AOTA or NYSOTA, which is the New York State Occupational Therapy Association, or any scholarship that's applicable towards an OT student that populates, whether um, it's one of the faculty that finds it or a secretary that finds it, we post it on there so that the students are able to apply for it and use it to their benefit. So we're, we try to keep aware of all the scholarships that are out there and give them um, the application to our students. 
That is awesome. And I just want to encourage any student listening right now to please go apply. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I did meet with somebody from AOTA a while back because I want, well, not that I want to, but we're in the process little by little of actually creating a scholarship fund through AOTA, through mm. OT Genius. So, and it'll happen when it happens and we're working mm. towards it. But one of the things that I was informed of is that, you know, they get applicants, but for the number of students that are in the programs, it's really not that like a lot of people applying. So you don't know if you can get it unless you do. And so I am just encouraging you to apply to as many scholarships as you can. Like, please look those up. I know that Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that, so I watched this documentary. I'm personally like a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I don't know. Okay. And he did a documentary a while back called, I already forgot the title. I think it's called Borrowed, yeah, Borrowed Future. And in the documentary, there was this one particular young man that he decided, he said to himself, I'm not going to work a part-time job or go to school, you know, part-time and work full-time to pay it off. Like, he's like, I'm going to go to school full-time. And what I am going to do is I'm going to make scholarship finding my full-time job. He was successful. I, I mm. It's just an interesting shift in the mindset, right? Like, mm-hmm. I never would have thought about that because so many, like, you get told by so many people, oh, well, look for scholarships, look for scholarships. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also such a belief out there that scholarships are only for undergrads, which is not really true either. And yeah. this particular young man got $95,000 in scholarships by making quote unquote, scholarship, finding his full-time job. That's <laughs> he, just amazing. Shifted, he, he just shifted his mindset and he's like, I'm going to make scholarship finding my full-time job. And he succeeded. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, they're so, out there. Yeah. You know, whether it's a $500 scholarship or a thousand dollar scholarship, they, there's different things and, you know, and I get it. It is harder for graduate students, but it still is possible. And hopefully to this just encourages more programs to also maybe get more creative about how they can make it more accessible in a financial sense for students because the student loan problem, you know, it's, it's a, it's an issue obviously, but any, any other resources we said AOTA, their state associations. I think those are the best too. I can't really think of any other ones personally myself, but I'm not sure if you're, you know, of anything else where students can maybe look up other scholarships for OT school. I think you can, you know, those are definitely the two big ones to hit on. And I think, you know, if you have that time or that availability, I would just keep doing general searches for scholarships and grants and things like that, that are out there, maybe just a Google search or something of that nature. And you may come across something that's out there. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. And I don't know if you just have any last comments or anything that you just want to tell our students about Dominican or about yourself or just anything that you want to communicate. The floor is just completely yours. (laughs) Thank you. For any students who are interested, I'm definitely here to talk to you um, at any point in time and support you and just answer any questions that you have. Or if you want to come to campus, I can give you a tour. And if you're a student who maybe has done a lot of research in OT and you have a specific area of practice that you're interested in, if you want to reach out to me, let me know. I can hook you up with one of our professors here who has 
kind of focus their career on that specialty area or that interest area or connect you with someone that can help you in that and kind of give you some better guidance if it's something that you're possibly interested in. So we're definitely here to support you and we're here to give you all of that that you need as you transition throughout the prereqs and and into our program. We're here to support you and answer any questions you have. Cool, cool, cool. Actually, I'm curious now. I know we said that we were going to cut it up, but I'm, you, were, you got my attention with the faculty. Are you talking about like in terms of their research? Yeah, yeah. You know, like we have. What, so what are some current topics that you guys are focusing on in terms of research? Yeah, so we actually had, I don't even remember offhand, I think it was 10 or 11 poster presentations at NYSOTA. So we had a ton of, you know, research. Uh, we have some of our faculty going to AOTA. So some of our you know, research is they're doing a lot, a lot of sensory stuff, cell phones and social media is definitely something big that they look at. Seating and positioning is one of our professor's interests. Trauma-informed practice is another interest. We look at a lot of justice, equity, and inclusion, diversity and inclusion and within the academic setting is really important to us. Aging in place, you know, working with students who are on the autism spectrum disorder. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, just a lot. Oh, we've, we've also done some research with COVID and its effect on students and its effect on, on adults and, and the sensory aspect as well. So that's been a big one. Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all of the information that you've given us. And I hope to just maybe have you on again or have a a student to give a student perspective. We want to just have this show be a show for pre-OTs, OT students, for them to just to show students the OT school journey and how to get in and what is it like and have faculty on. And so it's, uh, that's our goal. And um, we just hope to have you guys on again. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime. Let us know. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Sorrentino. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.